Yo, 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 we live on location. Me and the blackest one back with another tap in, man. These playoffs is heating up, getting serious and intense, man. We had a banger last night, Black. Game two, Golden State, L.A. What do you think of the adjustments that was made and, and how the game just totally played out? I thought it was a great adjustment from Golden State. I feel like... Uh... The reason AD was in the paint the whole time game one and he was always there every time Stephanie drove and all that stuff because you had Draymond and, and Looney in the game at the yeah. same time. There was two guys that, that couldn't shoot the ball. That, but I ain't going to say couldn't shoot the ball. There was two guys that's not shooters and you had them in at the same time. So there was adjustment was to put uh, Jermichael Green in to spread the floor a little bit more so uh, AD couldn't be in the lane as much. I thought that was a great adjustment by Golden State. Uh, the Lakers, uh, I keep on stressing this, and I'm not trying to get on AD or, or bash him or anything like that, but if he don't put his presence on the game, the Lakers will not win games. That's just that's just the plain, yeah. simple fact of it. Like, you can't look for LeBron to do this. You can't look for nobody else. He has to put his presence, and that's not always getting 30 and 23 rebounds. Like, his presence has to be on his game. I didn't like the way he was closing out all game. I didn't like his non-aggressive. It's lackadaisical to me on offense. Like, they need him to go in and go all out every single game for them to win a game. So I hope he adjusts and get more aggressive the next game. But his presence, his, his fingerprint got to be on the game every game. You can't go to being the best player on, on the court the first game and to – seven points to say it's crazy game. to see his numbers games one three five or seven the odd games he get busy and the games in between he does not the even games he is like yeah. a different player he averaging like almost 30 in the first games and then the games in the even games is like 13 points or something 11 points or something yeah so i feel you on that but um to me, man, I thought Golden State did a great job. I thought Jermichael Green was a good solution for what they had going on. Like you said, to get that space and they needed. You got to shout out, man, and salute Kevon Looney, man. Being the type of guy that's egoless in the situation and not complaining or pouting or moping and nothing. You didn't, you couldn't see any change in his demeanor and attitude. And I would expect that it went the same way behind the scenes when they, you know, came to him and said they were going to go this direction. Man, that's not an easy thing to do for a player, you know, somebody who's, no, he's a champion. He's done his work, and he brings value to the team, and he's one of the only guys mm -hmm. in the league to play every single game in the, in the, in the season this year. And he's a, he's a blue-collar worker dude, man. For him to, you know, not have an ego and to be able to, you know, swallow his pride and go to the bench and for the betterment of the team, man, you got to, you know, shine some light on that and salute him for that. So, you know, that's a big pill to swallow, and he did that, man. You know, shouts out to Kevon Looney for that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely big. Uh like they, they're team adjustments, man. That was that was a team adjustment, man. That I liked it. I liked it. I like how they they brought Jermichael Green in and they spread the floor, uh, kick out, man. Clay Thompson, man. Ooh. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? Clay like they, had a they, big game. They left him out top seventy five, which I thought he should have been top seventy five, but he proven time and time again leading the league in three pointers. Man, Clay hit. They hit twenty one threes last night, and Clay had eight of them. Like, uh, man, Clay Thompson, man. Shout out to Clay Thompson for the big game, too. Yeah, so now I want to talk about that Boston and Philly, man. Boston and Philly. Philly snuck in there, took that game one. James Harden turned back the hands of time and showed us that he still got 45 burgers in him. 
And um, mm-hmm. game two, though, bro, Boston came out. First of all, let's go over the little stat. The last 16 times a home team has lost game one, they came back and won game two in the playoffs. Both game twos have been blowouts. And this one in Boston and Philly was no different. Boston came yeah. back, home court, defended their home, blew them out the water. You know, even though the big Philly, big Joel, the you know, newly named MVP, was back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. How surprised were you that Boston was able to blow the Sixers out that way with young Tatum only having seven points. He didn't even have to do anything. He, the other guys came and everybody played so well that they were able to blow out the Sixers while Tatum only had seven points. What do you think? That's the surprising part of, about it to me, Tatum having seven points and, and it's a blowout. But like, like I was saying before the, the first game, this game, game two, they came out with a sense of urgency. Yeah. They was always locked in. They knew what they wanted to accomplish, knew what they wanted to do. It wasn't that many turnovers. They were super, super aggressive and ready to go and ready to get it in. They didn't wait for the Philadelphia to figure it out, whether they finna go through James Harden or whether they finna go through Embiid. They came out and executed from start to finish, and that's what a championship team looked like. That's what the team, the best team in the East right now, that's how they pose to look when they come out and play. And uh, I'm proud of the Celtics, man. They 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 answered the call. Uh, they they know that they gave one uh, gave their game up game one, but they came back with with nothing but knockout blows that game two. And I'm um, I'm proud of them as they played how they played as a team. Yeah, you know that team. was that was the most impressive thing about it. Yeah, hey man, shout out to Marcus Smart too. He just won the NBA Hustle Award. You know, shout out to the NBA for putting that award in play. Cause you know what I'm saying, yeah. you know, black. A lot of dudes that play that type of game, they don't. It's not an award for that. It's you know, they don't get a lot yeah. of the clout for diving on the floor, taking charges, and doing all those the dirty work things, diving yeah. on fifty fifty balls, first to the floor, all of that. And uh, you know, Mark is smart. If anybody, you know, what I'm saying he definitely represents that. So you know, what I'm saying shout out to him for getting that award for the second time. He's been a defensive player of the year and two-time Hustle Award winner. Like, that's that's big time, man. So, shout out to him for doing that. Game three is tonight. What you think, Black? Yes. Big Philly. Joel gonna get the MVP award on the floor in home arena. The, the crowd gonna be going crazy. All they gotta do is anything at the start to give them a chance, right? Yeah, I I think uh, game three with Philly. I'm I'm happy to see Joel Embiid got the MVP award. I'm happy to see. Uh, I can I can tell he wanted it a lot. The emotions that he had. Oh yep. man! Shout out to James Harden for recognizing him and and, and dropping one of them nice rollies on him with his, the engraved. Embiid said this is his first rolly. You know, what? another former MVP. That's his first rolly. rolly for. That's his first role. That's man. just by choice. That's just by choice. <laughs> That's just by choice. But uh, man, shout out for a teammate like that, man, to acknowledge, man, man, him and, and winning MVP. Straight up. But uh, Philly got some choices to make, and they got a lot of decisions to make. I hope that they can figure it out because with this team and so forth on, I feel like they have to put pressure on Jalen and Jason. And they might want to go perimeter dominant instead of going too much in and out, like how they've been doing the whole year. They got to make a decision. Is we finna go through Embiid or is we finna try to get the perimeter guys off to make it a game and so forth? On. So I'm curious to see offensively what the 76ers choose to do because they was kind of indecisive 
game too. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see what they decide to do. What way Doc gonna go? Uh, is he gonna go first quarter? He gonna get the perimeter guys going? Is he gonna go second quarter getting B going? How he's gonna decide to do? The the Boston Celtics they can't not leave Philadelphia without at least one win in Philly. So I'm expecting them to come out same energy, aggressive. Everybody locked in, focused, coming to get a win. I think Sixers need, I don't expect 45 out of Harden, but I think you still need that aggressive mode Harden where he's looking to get 25 mm-hmm. to 30 but still getting 10-plus assists. You need that type of Harden. To me, they don't win, you know, if Joel is playing without him playing well, without him having, you know, his getting his number somehow and making his impact felt on the game because nobody, they got nothing for that. Robert Williams is cool mm-hmm. and Al Horford is cool, but when he's on his game, nobody in NBA can't check him, so they need that. But they need Tyrese Maxey, bro. I feel like Maxey's got to have a big game. You know what I'm saying? And it's got to be yeah. an efficient game. It can't be a high, high volume shooting game to get the numbers. It's got to be an efficient game. And, you know, him getting in transition and scoring and, and knocking down some threes and getting to that basket. It's, I definitely agree with that. As far as Boston, man, I think one thing we know, man, Tatum will have a big game tonight. He's going to be looking to bounce back from seven points, win, lose, or draw. He's going to come out having a big game. So they don't have to respond to that. But I think they recipe is strength in numbers, man. They got a deep team. You never know who it's going to be. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams. One of those guys is going to come in and be big for them. I think they got to continue to do that, be strength in numbers. And, you know, obviously you need your two big guns to go off and play well. But they got a lot of depth to them. And I think that's where their strength comes in with them. Yeah. Denver Phoenix. Denver Phoenix game three tonight. And... Mm-hmm. The worst thing for me, like I've been saying this since the playoffs started, pretty much since toward the end of the season, I wish we could turn injuries off. Like 2K, just turn, like hit the little settings and go to turn injuries off. CP3, mm-hmm. man, our boy. No, he don't want to mm-hmm. be hurt right now. No, he didn't did everything in his power to have his body ready and to be prepared to, you know, perform and be there for his team and Looking like he's definitely going to be out with a, uh, is it a groin or hamstring? Whichever one it was, one of those that he he got. Uh-huh. And so he he's looking like he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. How much of a, I mean, we we all know that you can't go down 3-0 in the, in the playoffs or in, in the series. Nobody's ever come back from yeah. that. So talk about what Phoenix has to do in order to, to get this must-win game they have tonight. Because if they go down 3-0, everybody know you could pretty much book it. It's over. I love what they did game two, holding them to 97 points. And in this era and day and age is amazing. You don't see teams these days get hold under 100 points. So I think they did a great job defensively last game. Like I said, the depth and losing CP3, it makes it even more deeper. They got to find some way. They got to find other guys to help, help out and do it. Like Durant and Book can only do so much. They throwing everything in the kitchen sink at them, and they still doing what they doing. But the other guys, man, they got to find something from other guys. Like you said, like um, Sham and and, and Terrence. Like, you got to find something from other guys. They got to get more scoring going. They got to get another flow of offense. I'm looking forward to seeing this. They can't go down 3-0. This is a must win. They on the clock. I'm with you. I think, obviously, you know, D-Book has had a, a big-time playoffs. He's been a bucket. I think he's continue, He's going to continue to, you know, score and play well tonight. Then KD mm-hmm. has a big game. But yeah. like I said, I think 
you know, when you talk about their lack of depth and and this and that, I mean, I want to see some of those guys get a chance. T. Ross, yeah. coaches DNP. Landry Samet, coaches DNP. T.J. Warren, coaches DNP. Like, T.J. Warren scored 50 in the league. Oh, so, so t- He's T.J. is healthy. Yes, he's on the. From everything that I know, oh, he's I healthy. He he's on the bench. Coaches DMP. He's uh. hit fifty in the league. This is that's points. Now I'm not. I don't know where they are right now and what's going on as far as they. You know how they've been playing or practicing or looking whatever. But like, look, man, T. Ross was here in Orlando. He called the, t- the Human Torch. Throw him out there and see what he's doing. He can shoot. He's a volume shooter. He's a guy that could get hot, score the ball. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Landry Shaman. He's a three point shooter. T.J. Warren, three point shoot like. Throw those guys out there and at least see what they got. When you, you know what I'm saying? When you get some time and like, especially with CP getting being out now, like you got to give them at least a, a few minutes out there to see what they got going. If they not hooping, maybe you pull them out. But like those dudes that I know that could get bucket historically in the league, they've gotten buckets. And right now you need scoring off the bench. So for me, it's like give them a Definitely chance and do. see what happens. I feel like Denver, man, Denver good, bro. <laughs> they were kind of disrespected. They, they were in that kind of San Antonio role, how they used to be for all of those years. Like, they just be mm-hmm. top two seeds or whatever, but nobody's saying nothing about them, and they just kind of trotted along in the background. But I think the difference between the way mm-hmm. people respected the Spurs, people didn't respect Denver coming into these playoffs. Yeah, They didn't get their proper respect yeah. for being a number one seed, a number one overall best record in the league the whole year, and, and then True. having the type of team they got. They got a... Two-time MVP in Jokic, who could have been a third this year. You know, then they had Aaron Gordon could have been an all-star this year. Jamal Murray has been, yes, could. could have been an all-star at one point. And then you got depth. You got M- Michael Porter Jr. who can play, who's a big-time player. Then you got Bruce Brown who's coming in hooping. You got a lot of different guys. You got Contavious Caldwell-Pope who's a champion. And this is a team that's built to win it. <laughs> Michael Malone yeah. is a great coach, good pedigree, great coach in this league. So they got every, they checking yes. all the boxes. And it's like everybody, Definitely we is. all got enamored with KD, CP, and Book. And we was like, man, we kind of ignored the fact that they hadn't played games together. They hadn't been together long and all of these different things. And I feel like Denver just got disrespected totally in this thing. And I feel like they coming out trying to make their presence known like, y'all tripping. <laughs> Y'all got us twisted. Like, we out here that we in this thing. We ain't, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, they handle their business at home up 2-0. And I think they come out tonight, especially with a Chris Paul not in the lineup, you got to smell blood. And if you want to be a champion, you got to want, you got to, this is where you got to smell blood and try and put them down. So I'm going to be interested to see, like, you know, the demeanor they come out with and how they play. And, you know, you know it's going to be loud in Phoenix. They're going to be ready to go to fans and everything like that. So I think that's going to be a, a great game three. And you, we know this is must win right now for Phoenix. This is it. That Denver team is a deep team, man. They got like 12 guys that can start on other NBA teams. They definitely is a team to be reckoned with. Like you said, the disrespect that they've been getting is is unthinkable and they showed up time and time again for it. So I'm I'm just looking for Phoenix, man, to do something, man. Let's make it a series, you know? Let's make it a series. Let them get a win at some point. Phone. Not let them get a win. Sure. Take them a win. And let's see what the pressure looked like for Denver. But uh, shout out to Denver, man. They've been this way all season. They've been under the radar, but they've been doing their thing. Moving on to that Miami, New York City. Them New York City Knickerbockers is going down to South Beach for game three. It's tied up one to one. Knicks came. Mm-hmm. Game two, Julius Randle came back. 
Got him a 25, 12, and 8 game back in the lineup off the sore ankle. Jimmy Buckets did not play due to the sprained ankle from game one. What you see in game two, bro, what you like or not like in the Miami, New York game two in the garden. If Jimmy Butler gets out on that court, I'm very confident in Miami getting them to win. <laughs> if I don't see Jimmy Butler, I feel like they're going to have to scrap. They're going to have to buckle their seatbelts in and, and really get prepared for a tough game. Uh, but seeing their leader on the court, their finisher, I'm very confident what Miami can do and what they can accomplish in that. Uh, the Knicks. Man, I feel like they smell blood. One of their main guys was out. They got one of their main guys back. And he played great. And they went out there and they got them a win. They was aggressive. They was attacking. The garden was crazy. Man, it was it was crazy in that in that joint. It looked like the Knicks was coming out with the win from the start. And um they played very aggressive. Uh the Heat, they gonna scrap. Oh, yeah. They gonna scrap with or without Jimmy Butler, but when they got their leader with them. It's definitely going to be some smoke in the city. And um, I'm just hoping to get Jimmy Butler back. Like you said, he'll be cut back. off the, the they injury. To, he'll be cut back. Cut off the injured <laughs> thing. I seen how he was shaking his head on that sideline. He was hot. He was game. upset. Like, yeah, I see. Yeah, I yeah was, he, he, he looked a little bit upset. Nah, yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, I see you in Miami. And he definitely going to uh, be back. I, I, I think it's like three get three days in between the games or whatever. So that's why yeah, he set that play, game out because they took they one. play to Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll they, be back. they didn't kind of help Jimmy out to get that ankle right. To come on back, but uh, you know what? I'm I'm interested to see how many Knicks fans is going to be in the Miami. It's going to be heavy because there's a lot of New Yorkers in Miami and Florida. Period. It's going to be heavy. Yeah, it's going to be heavy. <laughs> it's going to be heavy. That's something from I remember that when I played there. It was, whenever we played the Knicks, it was cracking. It was cracking. Yeah, but shout out to Randall coming back and putting 25, 12, and eight up for it. Like them are big time numbers. Them were winning numbers, and uh, he came back and had a great game against them. All right, bro, we got we got a little NBA news, man. To talk about Let, this Dylan Brooks thing kind of definitely rubbed me the wrong way, bro. And after hearing a little different speculation, you know, they, they the tweet came out from Shams saying that Memphis was was not going to be bringing Dylan Brooks back, yada yada yada. But the part of it that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is it's all of this under no circumstances and. When I first saw that, I was like, wait, why does that even have to be a thing that, you know, that he's not returning? If he's a free agent, let him go into free agency. It ain't got to be this whole announcement. And then I felt like it was definitely putting dubs on it, talking about under no circumstances. But then you hear different things that, like, Memphis didn't say that or that didn't come from Memphis. So it's like, what the hell is going on? Like, I hate that whole sources thing. And I felt from the beginning, like, come on now, Memphis, that's kind of classless for you to do to a player who, regardless of how he performed, he was he he gave y'all everything for six years. You know what I'm saying? He played hard and did his job and fought for y'all. And he was part of that team and that culture, whether whether it went bad at the end or not. Like you can't just so for me that was that was kind of whack. But then I felt better, I guess, when I heard that it didn't come from Memphis. And or, but I'm like, well, where the hell did it come from? And why is it being put out in the atmosphere like that? You know what I'm saying? For what? Like, what did you think of that? I didn't like it. I didn't understand why they announced it. Right now, I didn't understand why they even told nobody. It's Playoffs not still going on. <laughs> Playoffs still going on. Like, usually after that, let him be a free agent. And if you don't decide to go with him, we should have heard about this in July. Right. Or in June or something like that. Why is it now? I feel like that's taking attention off of 
them as a season, what they did, how they went up, man, they was the number two seed. They was expecting to do great things. They got popped in the first round. Guys got in trouble, all that stuff. And I feel like that wasn't even nothing to even tell nobody else outside of Dylan Brooks, if that's what you was finna tell Dylan Brooks. I feel like you didn't even have to tell Dylan Brooks at the time right now that you're not going to bring him back and so forth on. You could have waited till June. I didn't like it overall. It shouldn't even been that overall. It shouldn't even been to the point whether they say under any circumstances or not, it shouldn't even been out there in the first place for them to even mistakenly say that about them. I feel sorry for Dylan Brooks, man. You paint a picture on a guy where, man, you, he was just getting praised. He was getting praised for his intensity, the way he played, the energy he bring. You can tell the guys in the locker room loving him. He's dancing and yeah, like, you see walking all this out film, and all like, that, man, yeah. You can tell it was a camaraderie over there that was that was real pure and organic because guys wouldn't been doing. They have been looking at him. He had been dancing by himself. Right. They dancing in unison. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just didn't like it overall. It looked bad on Memphis organization. It looked bad on the guy who said what they said. It looked bad overall. Yeah. I think it backfired on them. There was nothing to be said. You could have waited to after the season to really have that conversation with Dylan and so forth on. And if you wanted to move on, it could have been just a move on. It didn't have to go, man. We talking about this in early May. Like, yeah. What other teams that you are hearing, like teams that didn't make the playoffs ain't announcing like, like yeah, we ain't coming. yeah, like, <laughs> like right. We ain't heard no other team. Like it just confused me. My only issue with Dylan Brooks, man, I, I people have opinions about whatever. He shouldn't have said son of LeBron, it's done a threat. My I, hey, my only issue with him is that he didn't come to the to the media after the games when they lost. Yeah. After he said what he said, like, I don't care. Like, hey, just face the music. Everything else is whatever. Like, you know, like it to me, it took heart for him to do what he did and to, you mm -hmm. know, stand up and say something. Like, people don't do that. People be scared of LeBron and whatever, whatever. So for him to do that, I feel yeah. like that took heart. But I I didn't like that he ducked the media and, the, you know, going to the media availability after, after the games. That was my only issue with that. I ain't like that either. But, you know, outside yeah, of that, I, I, I feel like everything should have been handled differently. I'm with you on all of that. Big fella MB got the MVP, man. Three years in the making. Yes, sir. After finishing second two years in a row, he came through. We, everybody got to see it. You know, he was with his team. He was emotional. He talked about how, how it was a big deal coming from where he came from and starting the hoop at 15. Mm. And, you know, it's inspiring, man. What did you think of the big fella getting emotional when he didn't think he was going to get emotional up there? That tells you how much he cared. How much he, he didn't put the work in, he played hard, he tried to dominate the whole season for not only for himself, for his organization, for his family. Man, like, when you put so much work in, you want to be appreciated and you want to get the accolades for the work that you put in. He put so much work in for him to start off in the process where he couldn't, you know what I'm saying, couldn't really play. He had to wait till the process was over for him to finally play and then to get that, dom be dominant these last couple of years. Man, you always want to be rewarded for it. Not only do you want to be rewarded, you want to be rewarded from your peers, you know, from the league. And it's just like a validation, a badge of honor, man. And so I'm happy for him, B, and I'm happy for his family, man. And I'm happy he got his first Rolex for my man, main man, <laughs> James Harden, the former MVP. So shout out to them. Shout out to MB. Respect. We got some fans questions, man. We had a couple fans tap in with us. I want to hear what you're going to say about this one, Black. If Stephen Curry were to win the title this year, 
Where would you put him on the all-time list? Hmm. Mm. Mm. Where you gonna put him? I don't really feel like guys have a I don't really feel like it's an all-time list. I feel like when you have a person and he he tells his list, it's like his favorite. That's why on our show I always ask, like, man, who is your favorite five instead of your your top five? I feel like his favorites. And I was here listening to Shaq and he was saying how uh, Jamal Crawford was saying that he's not a traditional point guard. Like, do you rank him at point guard? I do. Do you rank him as you rank him as a two? I rank him as a point you know, guard. This your favorite? If he top ten, one of my favorite players, he is. I'm gonna <laughs> say this. I do you one better. To me, even if he don't win the title, I feel like if he win the title in other people's eyes. But for me, Steph Curry is the best point guard of all time. Mm-hmm. All time, period, for what he's done right now. And I think if he win that this next, if he win the title this year or any more, like, I think that just puts it in everybody else's mind. But he, this was my thought probably the last time they won a title. I thought that he was the best point guard ever after that. But, like, in my eyes, he's the best point guard of all time to me right now. So being the best point guard of all time, that means he's in your top ten. Yeah, easy. All right, next question. Who is the most underrated player of the remaining eight teams in this year's playoffs? The most underrated player. Uh I'ma go with I'ma go with I'ma go with Aaron Gordon. I'ma go with AG. He don't get no love, bro. AG should have been an all-star this year. He was on the number one team Definitely and they ain't get but one all-star. <laughs> like and, to me he don't get the like, love. He, he and he a two-way he a two-way hurt. dog. Way he a two-way yes, dog. Yes, yes. He gonna rebound. He gonna defend. That. He play all the minutes. He play all the games. Like he guard the best. Guard player. the best player right every night. He got the best wing, a big wing, whatever. Like AG, I'm gonna go Aaron Gordon, most underrated right now. That's that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Oh, that's a great pick. You messed me up with that one because man, AG is probably the most underrated player of the playoffs right now. Man, who can I say is the most underrated? Man, it's hard. Ah, I can't think of nobody, man. You know another one? Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks. The block nest monster. He do all the dirty work. <laughs> say the block nest monster. Oh, they call him block nest monster. No, no. You know my guy from um, Boston, the center. The time lord. Rob Rob Williams. Yeah, Rob Williams. Yeah. I feel he like another he's... One. He's one of the most underrated players. What he brings defensively for them Celtics, him being the backbone, he's been the anchor. Yeah, I go with him since you took my guy Aaron Gordon, man. Shout out to AG, man. Yeah, a real all star. Even though you didn't make it, we know you is, bro. Definitely should have been. At full strength, can anyone beat the Nuggets right now? With the way the Denver Nuggets have, they won six out of their seven playoff games. Period. They only, you know what I mean? They rolling. When the Celtics come to play, that Jalen and that Jason, that's something. They have, to me, the Celtics team is another team that has everything marked off the list. I feel like that'll be a great series to see Denver and, and the Celtics play. I think the Celtics can get them. It sounds like you got Denver coming out the West, huh? Uh, they looking like it. Ooh, they, they looking woo. like it, man. What's they looking like they it? Looking records, like okay. I, okay. Even, even though I got, I got Phoenix in that series, I went with Phoenix for that series. But man, the way that Denver is playing, like 
when you got games like that where teams play defense, they got them down 97. They got them to under 100 points. But guess what Denver did? They played defense, too, and they got them to 87 points. Denver is a deep squad. They got they they got everything marked on the list. They got defenders. They got shooters. They got scores. They got yeah everything. Everything. And everything. Say, they've been riding under the radar because we we our favorite players are playing on so many other teams. So we always choosing them. But Denver been representing all year. They're not they ain't the number one seed for a reason. So, all right, my shout out of the week, well not the week, but the shout out for the last couple of days is to Jermichael Green. Shout out to him, man. A guy who had COVID this year. He had to miss, he had to sit in the hotel for 10 days in New York this year. He had injury. He's been back and forth overseas. And uh he didn't really play a lot this year. For him to get plugged in into an intense playoff game, playing against the Lakers, man, and playing the way he played, man. Shout out to him that's always been ready and always been ready to go, man. So shout out to Jermichael Green, man. I'm like what you're doing, bro. Word up, word up. I got a shout out, man. Shout out to young boy Jason Tatum, man. He got a new kids product that my kids is getting plugged into. Small wins. It's like gummy candies and lollipops and all that for the shorties, man. Baby J, I appreciate that influencer package I got. You know, my kids really appreciate it. So, you know, J.E. Double for doing the background work for that. But J. Tatum, small wins. We appreciate you, brother. Straight up, love. All right, y'all. That's a wrap now. We're going to be back tapping in with you in another couple days, talking about these playoffs and how they heating up and how they playing out. Peace. The Players Tribune.com.